G'day and thanks for joining us again here at Once When I Was Cool, a weekly podcast looking at all the things that were great back in the 70s, back in the 80s, back in the 90s and beyond, back for when we were cool and when we were uh, when we were more viable, I guess is the way to look at it. Um, my name's Dave, uh, I'm your host and joining me through the internet again because we're still stuck in COVID times is my mate Wee. How are you, Wee? Yeah, I'm good, Dave. Uh, I, I didn't realise that, uh, what was the word that you used there at the end there? Viable. Viable. Mm. I still think I'm viable. Haven't gone past my use-by day yet. I, I uh, think I got viable mixed up with valid. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Same, got, same, but different. It's a I got a bit, word, very hard. I got a bit rushed for words there, mate, and I don't usually, I'm not used to talking so much. Really? That's a, that's unusual. Hey, so, mate, I have to, no, 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 I have to comment before we go on and uh, I might actually do a little promo of this if uh, you're happy with it, Mike, just do a little cut. Just what you're wearing is outstanding there at the moment. You're looking very summery, very floral. Would you like to explain to our listener what you've got going on there? It's, it's pineapple for uh, Pineapple Productions. No, actually, it's a, uh, it's, a, it's a little outfit that I got for a Hawaiian theme party. It's a uh, shirt pair of shorts and matching hat, which is reversible. So it's sort of like two outfits in one. Mm. Uh, it's just, it's beautiful. It's bright. It's summery. It's uh, it's pity it's not an all-in-one jumpsuit, actually. That would look quite uh, spectacular. And in, it, and in keeping with the show, you could just have a little belt around the middle. Like a onesie. It could be like a onesie or a safari suit. I, I would be very camouflaged in this, maybe in a casino or something, but not out in the bush. But before we keep going, and thank you, thank you for bringing that. Yeah, sure, take a take a photo, put me on there. It's great. You know, it uh, could be a whole new trend that I'm uh, setting. Uh, big shout out to producer Simon, um, who, as always, is getting us out there to your earballs. So uh, big shout out to him. He's behind the virtual Perspex down yeah. in Sydney still. And he's, he's just shaking his head there at you at the moment, mate. Yeah, I'm sure he is. He's saying, what a great-looking man that guy is. And... Let me just say, introduce and welcome our special guest, Stacey. Stacey's joined us before. Stacey has done a, an interview with us uh, on her uh, her news channel over there in Canada, or was it Canada? Better not call it Canada. Um, I'll lose. We'll lose some um, two or three listeners if I do that. So, welcome, Stacey. Welcome back. Thank you so much. I'm excited to join you guys once again. I got to tell you, this is uh, kind of one of the highlights of my life. So that should maybe tell you what kind of a state I'm in of late. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. Well, I don't know whether that was a, a compliment or not, but we get what the we we'll take it in the spirit it's intended there. But now, thanks for joining joining us again, Stacey. It's really lovely to have you here, and it's taken a little while for us to get it organised. But how have you been keeping? Well, you know, it's a little chilly here now. I wish that we were back kind of in the summer months, but we knew the snow was going to be coming sooner or later. So we just got to deal with it. And, you know, now's the time to be staying in for a little bit and, and hope that, you know, maybe we get that one last blast where the warm weather comes in. But otherwise in Canada, I think it's opposite for you guys, but now's the time for us to hunker down. <laughs> yeah. So it's um, the first snow of the season. You said there it was, it was warm last week and this week you got some snow. Yeah, and it's not sticking to the ground yet, but I'm sure give it a couple of weeks and we'll get that one big, you know, snowstorm that then sticks around for pretty much the rest of the winter. So, you Terrific. know, you just try and get your business ready and, and get everything good to go and then hope for the best. So it's good weather for staying inside and watching TV. Yes, exactly. Okay. And that's why we're here today. That's exactly right. So on that note, we, Stacey, 
Once when I was school, we used to watch the television shows of Aaron Spelling. Now, do you both remember Aaron Spelling? Yes. Yeah. Yes, very much so. He His TV shows defined a lot of my teenage years and younger. Yeah, and I think that goes for a lot of us. He sort of was uh, quite iconic around the sort of mid to late seventies, right through to the to the to the nineties, and there are a couple there into the two thousands as well. And he died, I think, around two thousand and five, two thousand and six. Uh, but some of his some of the TV shows uh, uh, for me when I was a teenager, and even when I was younger than that, uh, were quite iconic. And even into sort of young um, adulthood, there was some. There were some really iconic TV shows that we look back on and we will look back on now. Um, and look, before we go on and before I let you two speak again, there are so many television shows. There's a few films as well. but And, you know, he was an actor as well, but didn't act anything after about 1960. Um, there were so many shows that he has been credited with and credited as an executive producer that are just too much for one podcast. There's a lot there we haven't heard of, uh, but some of the ones that we're going to talk about today, I'm pretty sure that most of our listeners would have, well, most of our listener would have um, picked up on. I'm excited about this episode because I have always been a huge TV fan and especially his stuff. You know, I, we're going to get to the 90210 part of things and then, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, kind of took over my life at one point. So, mm. yeah, there's going to be a lot to well, talk about with all of the shows. I have to say, Stacey, that um, you and my sister, Crystal, have some very similar tastes in uh, in television <laughs> programming and, and popular culture, and I reckon you two could probably fill a podcast of your own. So, Crystal, uh, that's probably something you and Stacey could think about. We could host you on our uh, Cool Pineapple Network. There you go. That would be great. Have two of us against uh, the two of you. Yeah, well, well I don't... I, well. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Anyway, nah, so we, what, do you, what do you remember about Alan's, Aaron Spelling? Look, well, for, for oh, me, sorry. go ahead, we. <laughs> sorry, I was just going to say, just for, just for myself, I, I didn't really know who Aaron Spelling was really until um, the whole Beverly Hills 90210. But I knew the shows and I didn't realise they were even, like for me, the Love Bow, I had, you know, no idea. There's lots of different shows that I knew, Starsky and Hutch, all of those, and I did not know. Are you just about to blurt out the entire no, list of everything? Like I just do told that you not again. too many times. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Or will I? Yeah. No. So for me, these are these are shows I, I did not even know had anything to do with him. For me, it was really um, I began to really know who he was out of Beverly Hills 90210 and a couple of the newer ones. I didn't really know who did them. They were just TV shows to me that we watched as a family and, you know, my mum either liked this one or my dad liked that one. And as kids, you just did what you were told. Yeah. And I guess that as a teenager, you, you sort of think that a, my first um, understanding of Aaron Spelling was, or his TV shows was that um, they were sort of the teeny heartthrob type shows that your parents wouldn't really like. But it wasn't until I did a little bit of research for this, and I have to credit Stacey with the idea for this episode because I think you mentioned it last time we spoke, Stacey, that um, the the TV shows of Aaron Spelling is exhaustive. Yeah, the amount of things he was involved in, even starting from, you know, early in his career and right through till his death, just incredible whether it was producing or writing even he did some acting you know it it, he really was the guy in the 70s and 80s that kind of controlled uh the narrative for a lot of the shows yeah and the like like i said the shows were were just phenomenal and um as we go through hopefully we'll have a few surprises for our listener as well (laughs) yeah i like it and even you know some of the things we have to talk about is it a lot of those shows set trends 
you know, some of the, the things that the characters would do, you know, if they would go on and do advertisements afterwards and promote certain things as a child, you wanted it. Right. So, you know, he, he not only made a lot of money off of just the shows themselves, but then, you know, the royalties and everything else that came with having uh, the shows connected to some certain products. And and it's seen from when you're looking at his list of shows, it also it also seems that his uh, rivals were trying to keep up with him. He was setting the benchmark and the bar that people were trying to, to clamber to and, and to get to, you know, on other different channels or different different producers. Uh, but he just he had a good re- good recipe. He had a good um, for for lots of different ones for his action, police, love, uh, teenage, all sorts of things. Right. Well, and let's face it, he knew how to cast. Right. Mm. Like some of the actors weren't casted for their skills. You know, so he Especially knew just his what daughter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll get there. I'm sure. But yes, I don't keep saying. But you know, I mean, let's face it. A lot of it was about getting the teenage girls to watch the good-looking guys, and vice versa. Because they spend the money and they buy the poster. Right. They buy the poster books, don't they, Stacey? Yes, they certainly do. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, on that note, we might kick off. And the first one that I've got written down here, and it was a real surprise to me because I didn't realise that he was involved with this, was uh, Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch, which was a sort of late 70s uh, TV cop drama. Well, it wasn't. Re- was it really a drama? I mean, a lot of his shows weren't exactly comedies, but they weren't necessarily... Well, a lot of them were drama, I guess. So it was probably more that he went for. But, uh, yeah, Starsky and Hutch was one of the staples in our house in the late 70s. You know, I watched an episode uh, a couple of weeks ago just to cut when we were talking about this, just to see. Uh, I don't know. I, I really liked it at the time, but it was really kind of cheesy. Like when I watched it now, there's some bad acting. There's some bad shots. I mean, I mean, I guess at the time it was, you know, cool. And and um, in the one episode, Starsky enters a room and then he shuts the door really cool using his foot and got the leather jacket and puts his foot up on his boss's desk. And, you know, I I don't know, I guess the time it was maybe it meant to have a little bit of humor and then kind of a a storyline as well. Mm -hmm. So would it hold up today? Probably not. But back then, I mean, those guys were handsome fellows. Look, just to to put a a bit of perspective on it, I will try that tomorrow when I go to work with my boss and I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> I'm sure she'll love it. Well, there's yeah. one thing. They never had a female boss. No, oh. no. And the women portrayed in, in the Starsky and Hutch episode, even that I watched, it was one where they had went to Vegas. And so they had all these showgirls and women working in the casinos. And uh, I don't think any of it would probably fly today, but back then that was how they rolled. Well, even the portrayal of Huggy Bear, who was a who was yeah. a con man, but was yeah. really a pimp. And I mean, these days, there's you know, there'd be all sorts of inquiries and investigations, and people having to stand down on un- unpaid leave and all sorts of things if you, they they had these sorts of characters around them. Oh yeah, yeah it, it's not 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 cool today, I don't think. But you know, for the time, especially as I think you know, police officers were portrayed on television. Um, that was just the standard, right? So you had to be cool. Well, yeah. I think there was an element of truth in some of those. You know, I think most great stories come from an element of a small bit of truth and they they sort of blew it out. And I think it's a transition and what you see today in any TV show is totally different. You know, they anyone who has um, somebody who's... Uh, 
who they get information from. There's definitely everyone knows about it and so it's all in the, so you're not getting investigated but it seemed there was a lot of um, mm. in those shows it was around more they tried to either over-glorify it or get a little element of it and just make whatever they wanted out of it. And it was interesting that um, it's always amazed me in these shows is that how do these guys get paid? Because they always seem to be working, whether it be two in the morning or 10 o'clock at night, they're still going the whole time and they never seem put in a timesheet or anything like that. And no one ever asks them about it. But uh, yeah, it's interesting that they're always there and they live the life. How are they still alive? I mean, you never, you rarely see them eat. um, And all they ever did was drank hard liquor. Um, They never go to the toilet either. None of them. <laughs> that's like not, in twenty. Not even like in, bolder than beautiful. Do well, any of them go to the like toilet? That's like in twenty-four. That was one of the big things of uh, you know Jack Bauer in twenty-four. He never went to the toilet in that twenty-four hour, and it was fairly freaking. So you know you would have thought at some point in there he had to go for a quick sneaky wee. Yeah, I can tell you guys are in the nursing profession because nobody else probably ever would have thought of that. <laughs> yes, they would have. <laughs> I'm sure they did. <laughs> they don't eat. They don't drink. And then they don't go to the toilet. But they used they're to ro- smoke. They're either robots, they're either robots or aliens. I'm not sure. But they used to <laughs> smoke as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, smoking was just like that, that, like it was second nature to them. So they all would like it, light up a cigarette. Or if they're in the interrogation room, um, they'd throw out cigarettes. But it was amazing how within an hour they could always solve the case, arrest the person, and, and move on and, and wrap it up nicely. And still have time usually for a, some sort of a fling in there too, right? With either, you know, a co-worker at the time or somebody they'd met through the case because that was always the, the, you know, important scene as well, right, is having that uh, relationship somehow. And none of them ever got VD. <laughs> well, that we know of. Well, yeah, well, you didn't see him scratching or doing anything like that or heading <laughs> off to the clinic. <laughs> Yeah, Aaron but, didn't make an episode about that. No, they didn't have any patients who were allergic to penicillin, obviously. <laughs> no. <laughs> you got that like candy as you're going out, it's in a dispenser. Yeah, yeah, they chuck it in your mouth on your way through. Yeah. Um, and so they did make a remake of this um, a few years later with Stifler and um, Johnny Knoxville. Did you, either of you see that? It was just a movie, I one-off movie? Oh, it was all right. It was fairly true to the thing. And I think the actual actors, David Soule and um, the other guy, um, Paul Michael, Paul Michael Glazer, were, were in it as well. Yeah. Um, tell me, Stacey, going back to our posters episode, did you ever have a poster of Starsky and Hutch? Or was it a bit before you know, your I, time? I, no, I didn't. But I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> and you're going to think I'm a little bit nuts. But uh, Starsky had a pair of running shoes that he always wore. And for some reason, my... I saw them and I was like, I had to have those shoes. And they were, I think the brand was called North Star. I can't remember 100%, but I asked for that for a Christmas gift. Uh, one Christmas was the same shoes that Starsky had. So, wow, you know. okay. And he wasn't even trying to market them. So it just shows you the power of, you know, watching something on television. And as a young kid, you know, you wanted that, right? And, you know, as being a female, um, it, it's not even... It had nothing to do with his character or his looks. I just really liked the way his shoes looked. So, mm. you know, Fair now much. they have product placement and I guess maybe back then that was a form of product placement. Mm. And the other one we is the car in it was a um, a Gran Torino in it. It was like the uh, chargery looking sort of car. What did you think of it? That would have been something that you were interested in. I was, I was probably more interested in the car than anything else. Um, I, I look, I, I like for me again it's a it's a show that my dad liked one for the type of vehicle it was but the police action um you know so for me anything with a car in it i was i was pretty happy with 
So yeah, so Starsky and Hutch, I think for me was one of the great shows at the time, and look back on it fan, for, uh, fondly. But as you said, Stacey probably doesn't stand up today as it used to. No, and it's kind of disappointing because I think you expect to go back and watch them and have that same excitement that you did and really enjoy it. But it's like, you know, some of the the rock bands that you grew up with teenagers, the same thing, right? You watch them now or you happen to, you know, in my line of work, I've met some of them and it's like, wow, you do not look like what you did when you were on the cover of a CD when I was 16 years old, right? So many, it's just, I think, you know, many years of hardcore drugs will do that to yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you grow and your tastes change, I guess. And maybe what was funny is that, you know, a 10 year old, obviously now at, for me, almost 50 is just not the same. Mm. Mm. No, yeah. that's exactly right. But so I have to say that with the invention of uh, Spotify, I've really uh, rediscovered some of the music that I really liked mm. as, a, as a teenager. Anyway, mm. that's just me. Moving on. Hang on. Before we oh, go, before yeah. we go, I just want to ask a question. Has anyone ever tried to do the bonnet, you know, across the bonnet? And, oh, yeah. And Starsky <laughs> no. has. Never tried that. Did you, we? No, yeah. I, um, I tried. I'm, really, I'm small. It's hard for me to get up. I need a leg up. But... You need a lot of wax as well because you're pretty <laughs> yeah. heavy. But yeah. I, um, <laughs> I always had little four-wheel drives and I had a Suzuki Sierra, which I think overseas was called a Suzuki Samurai. Um, and it had a, a bump in the bonnet. So once you, you, you either had to get up and start on the bonnet uh, like up on top of it and then bump off, which was always a bit perilous. But if you weren't looking properly, you put your hand in the one spot and your hand had slipped down and you'd come a cropper and, and sort of just roll off the bonnet. So, no, I never really tried it. Um, oh, well, I might have tried it once, but it didn't work out well. What about you? Well, you know, it's like the Dukes of Hazard when they used to do the entrance to their vehicle, right? Through the window. Uh, I yeah, I remember that, you know, 15, 16 years old out at bush parties, there'd be the the cool macho guys that would try it. And it never really worked. So obviously, you know, that stuff was planned and they had stuntmen and stuff. But I think there were a number of teenage boys that actually possibly hurt themselves trying to be cool. Good. I was one of them. I used to try and get through the door, um, but I could never get the jump up and, and swing through that sort of yeah. jump up. So I'd end up jumping up and putting one leg through and then grabbing hold of the top of the door and then swinging the other leg round, and I didn't want to slide down because I didn't want it to scrape up my back so I'd sort of just slide in part ways and then never tried to do it on the driver's side because the steering wheel was always in the way so it wasn't (laughs) graceful and it was usually painful you know the grace of a gazelle that's (laughs) that's already been eaten half eaten by a lion mate. yeah that's lost a leg in a bear trap yeah all right so moving on next one we're going to talk about was charlie's angels the originals now there's been a couple of reboot movies of charlie's angels and i know there was another one that came out just recently um but and look the the reese not reese witherspoon what was her name the one that was in et um in the charlie's angels Drew Barrymore, that one yes. with um, Cameron Diaz and Lucy Liu. They were great movies. They were good fun. Mm. But were they as good as the original Charlie's Angels? I have to weigh in on this one because Charlie's mm-hmm. Angels, we used to watch the show and then we'd go try to act it out. Like as kids, we'd try and repeat what we saw on television. I had the Charlie's Angels Barbie dolls. And if you remember, it started out that Farrah Fawcett was the original. It was uh, Sabrina Kelly yep. and Jill. Yep. And then it was Cheryl Ladd and her name was Chris. And I remember I had to have the Barbie dolls. Like I said, we reacted, uh, tried to, you know, replay Charlie's Angels as kids. And mm-hmm. and that was one of my favorite shows growing up was Charlie's Angels, for sure. I never missed an episode. And of course, back then you didn't have DVRs or anything like that. So you couldn't record it. So you had to be there, had to, be there. to actually watch the show. 
Yeah, and they were a bit more correct. sort of bit more believable. They didn't go into all the the high high martial arts sort of fighting, and they they were sort of uh, it was a more realistic sort of portrayal of what you could be. But what were they? Were they spies or were they a gang or what, what was their issue? Well, they were kind of like private detectives, basically, right? Because, you know, Charlie would call in and give them an assignment, and then sometimes they'd have to go pose as somebody else to, you know, crack a case somehow. Um, and it, it was usually focus, depending on the episode. One of the angels had more of a focus than the other one would, and then they yeah. kind of evened it out. But I think they were more almost private detectives with some sort of a, you know, link to the, the police, because if they needed them, the, obviously the police would always be there for them so i think that's how it worked from from my point i i love the whole um the setup of uh, at the beginning and it's you you you're waiting you know what's it going to be today what what's what are they going to ask be asked to do today what was their their special assignment and uh you know when they're coming in in the hole you know good morning charlie good morning angels um i i when I'm at work and if we've got the allied health team there, I usually say, good morning, come in and I just go, good morning, ladies. And they all sort of go, good morning, we. But, yeah, yeah good morning, we. <laughs> and I just keep going to them, you all sound like Charlie's Angels. It's just, and it's in the wrong, totally wrong profession, I can tell you. Um, but it's just one of those things, even just a trigger of a couple of words brings you back to that and it's and it's more the original stuff then and I, I love the reboot of the movies don't get me wrong they're, they're great um but the but the original sort of stuff and the original you know bosley and 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 so on and so like he the original bosley to me was so much better than i think it was bill murray wasn't it and not um yeah, yeah. in the in the in the um cameron diaz one yeah it was yeah um, i think i think in the latest version it's um bosley is a is a woman um but i can't recall I've only seen it advertised. I haven't actually seen the show. Yeah, I haven't seen the latest either, but I remember too that the voice of Charlie in the original series was John Forsythe, who then, of course, was uh, Blake Carrington in Dynasty, right? So that was Ooh, one thing Aaron Spelling was mention good that. for. Yep. Was uh, connecting. You know, like yep. you would see one of actors in one show and then he'd play a different role in another show. And mm. so he really kind of, I think when he found people that he liked, actors that he liked, he really, you know, made use of them throughout his different shows that were going on. Mm. You think that was part and parcel of his recipe? He'd, he'd, anyone that did well in one show, he'd try and then either write to that person or he'd go, no, this is going to be a great X person over here or in this other show. You know, it seems if you're just playing a voice with no acting in it, and then all of a sudden you've got this big leadership, um, you know, the main actor in a in a very uh, prominent TV show. You know what I mean? So it's different. Yeah. So tell me, Stacey, as a as a young girl loving uh, Charlie's Angels like you did, who was better, Farrah Fawcett or Cheryl Ladd? I got to go with Farrah Fawcett. I was a big yeah. Farrah fan. I was actually really disappointed, uh, and I think that was my introduction to the fact that you know, don't get attached to too many series because they are not afraid to remove somebody or, you know, however, kill them off if they need to. But yeah, I really, really liked Farrah Fawcett. Um, right. I was a fan of, of a lot of her work, even, you know, going through to when she passed away. Mm. Um, she had a lot of really good movies that came out. I don't know if you remember, there was a very controversial one, The Burning Bed, uh, about uh, domestic abuse that she was in. And, you know, she was in a lot of really good, good things. So, um, yeah, I, Farrah Fawcett for me, and not, you know, taking away from Cheryl Ladd, but I just really liked Farrah. 
doesn't matter. No one listens. You can have your own opinion. So say whatever you like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. There's going to be no lawsuits. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Charlie's Angels was another one. And another one that I didn't realise that um, Aaron Spelling was involved with. It's another one of those iconic shows. I know it was big in Australia, um, same as Starsky and Hutch was. Um, and it, it was it was a it was a big show, but it was sort of in a similar sort of that police crime solving sort of uh, thread that was that was pretty popular around the late seventies, early eighties. Um, moving on to the next one was another one that was big in Australia. Um, I'm not sure whether many people will as remember it as well because it doesn't seem to have uh, lasted as long. You know, it doesn't hasn't stood the test of time. You certainly don't see the repeats of it on TV uh, like you would with some of the others, and that was Heart to Heart. I really liked Heart to Heart. I liked the idea uh, of the whole show. Um, you know, the, the detectives, the characters. Um, I know that it kind of has... It, Aaron Spelling shows are kind of formulaic in the way that they do everything the same, but I think it really is the characters that make it endearing. And yeah, it's usually a recycled storyline, but it's, it, again, he just knew how to cast really, really well. And he and, would pick the actors that you would be, a, you know, you'd want to watch. Yeah. Well, Robert Wagner was a big name then. And for somebody to go from mm-hmm. acting in movies into TV at that time was almost like career suicide. Yeah, and I think Aaron made it probably financially enticing for some of these people as well, right? So, yeah, yeah, and it, it was a it was a good show. I always remember sitting down to watch it. it was one that the whole family seemed to enjoy. Yeah, yeah look, and it, was, oh, go ahead, we. No, I was going to say, look, look, it was, and to to me, uh, you know, when you're looking at that that type of show. Again, you know, the opening credits on that. Do you remember the opening credits when I think they were in the, I think it was a convertible Mercedes or BMW and they're driving along and they're going, you know, this is my boss. This is, you know, Jonathan Hart and, you know, this is, by the way, I'm Max, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other. So it was this whole dialogue. So you didn't even, if you, first time you watched it was in the second season, you'd go, oh, I understand what this show is about. Very simple, very direct and, you know, so it wasn't, uh, you didn't have to have watch you know, season one to get season two, each week was its own show, you know, with but, an outcome. But also it's it's probably one of the defining characteristics of the shows of the time is that the opening credits always told you what the story was and how the setup was. You didn't have, like you say, you didn't have to know because you figured out what had happened from from the credits. They told you. Like, remember the A-Team, they tell you the full story of uh, what had happened. And I think uh, even the greatest American hero and shows like that um, used to tell you all the stories of what was going on. Mm. Yeah, I think maybe it was part of that at the time where, you know, now it's a lot of times where you have to actually watch and, you know, pay attention to one season. If you go start season two, you'll have no idea, but you're right. It was almost part of the intro of the show where they would have either a voiceover or something. And yeah, you get the gist of it without having to follow along for, you know, 13 other shows and you could jump into a a later season and you wouldn't be totally lost. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, But heart to heart, like I said, while we all watched it and went for five series, it actually went for longer than, um, than Starsky and Hutch. Um, I probably don't recall ever having seen it rerun. I don't, especially in Australia. It's not on any of the streaming services. It doesn't seem to be any on any of the of the pay TV channels. So it's one of those ones that, while it was good at the time, doesn't seem to have gone any further than the, where it originally, you know, when it ended. 
Is it, is it? I don't know. Could it be around, like we were talking earlier, around the political correctness of what's in these shows? I haven't seen one for many years to remember what was in there to say, is it something that can actually be aired today? Because as you know, there are certain TV shows that cannot be aired anymore, not even on pay TV, and you're getting hard pressed to even find them on, on any sort of um, other platform as well because, you know, to play them now to where they were is a lot of political incorrectness or, you know, wouldn't pass wouldn't pass the uh, newspaper or the, you know, the newspaper testers to... Yeah, to the social to what justice saying. warriors. And so, yeah, exactly, yeah, the snowflakes. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, I was trying oh, to get look, into it there. You know. But some of it within good reason. I mean, some of it these days, some of the oh, terms yeah. that they use, and I don't know about heart-to-heart because, like you say, I can't remember, but some of the terms would be considered extremely offensive these days and some of the uh, the characterizations of, of particular people would have been. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. While I remember it being a good show, I don't ever remember it being... Um, being something outstanding that I can look back and, and quote from. What about you, Stacey? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat too. You know, it's one of those ones that you would get your lineup and you'd watch certain shows certain nights. But as far as, you know, actually being totally intrigued by it, you know, eh, not so much, but I know that that I would watch it. And, you know, if you missed an episode or two, it wasn't a huge deal like it was for some other shows for me. Mm-hmm. Like mm. Miami Vice. I know we're not talking about that on this show, but I could not, not miss an episode no. of Miami no, that's Vice. Right. So. No, well, that's right. And it's interesting, though, with Miami Vice, and I think we, we've talked about it before, that they've never tried to do a reboot or a remake of Miami Vice. And it was one of those iconic shows of the 80s that says so many trends and had so much good music and had so many good storylines, but never been done again. So, yeah, we, uh, Miami Vice is another episode. It's, it's, just, sure. it's, a, it's a one-off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially as one off there's no movies there's no Mm. one and done bit like heart to heart all right so you said stacy in the same boat there (laughs) on on that note we're going to go on to the next one which is another one that i'm sure people will remember and that was the love boat oh yeah the love boat just for its guest stars you know each week you never knew who was going to be on and uh the just the premise of it you know these people coming on and and you know your regular characters you like you know there was gopher who i was really a big fan of of course um uh the cruise director and i can't think of her name now but she was always is it julie the cruise director Mm. and captain Stubing. yes and his daughter that was his daughter wasn't julie's daughter julie's no, didn't he have a younger one? The- yeah, I think her name was Jill. Or I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, I know what you're, you're speaking of, we. Mm. But um, yeah, it was just, it was one of those really fun shows. And especially if you knew ahead of time, who, who mm. we're going to guest star, you know, at the end of one episode, they'd usually promote what's coming up next week. So if there was an actor that you really liked, you know, you really wanted to make sure you watched it. So I don't know, it was just one of those great, really fun shows for me. And it was interesting that uh, Captain Steubing at the time was bald, a bald character that you didn't often see bald characters. And, and as a balding man, I quite admire that. But back in the back in the <laughs> 70s when it was on, um, you didn't often see it. And he was always in these immaculately pressed white suits and he had everyone would be coming in. And then um, you'd also have um, the, the doctor whose name I think was just Doc. I think that's all they ever called him. Um, he was always had a character, but um, it was, yeah, you're right. There was always some, some drama on the high seas, but they, I can't ever remember whether they ever hit like a, a hurricane or a, a typhoon or something like that. It always seemed to be relatively yeah. smooth sailing. 
No, I think they did. I think they did. There was a couple of episodes. It was a bit of rough weather. My thing is these days it would be called the Corona boat or the bug boat instead of the love boat. Or the uh, chunder boat where everyone's chunder. just everyone's there just to pick up and, and drink as much as they can and eat because it's open bar and free for all, and all food included. Yeah, yeah. But um, what was the bartender's name? I was trying, I've been trying to think of the bartender's name. Isaac. Isaac, that's Isaac right. Washington. Washington. You know, he was, um, I think he was the only um, black actor in that as well. I think there was no, he was, uh, and, and notably he, he actually got quite a bit of screen time in there for that yep. type of, that era, I suppose that was, that was a good, a good thing. Um, but, yeah, there was uh, never any fights like on a real, um, <laughs> or, you know. No uh, punch-ups and getting locked no, up in boat prison. Yeah, boat prison, which is the worst prison of all, I believe. Um, and no one vomiting over the edge. No one vomiting. Because it's just, it's and just no diarrhea much. outbreaks or anything along those lines. Oh, no, no bugs. No vomit in the pool. No, no water slides. No, none of that. None uh, of that. Vicky was his daughter's name. Vicky Stubing, the captain's daughter. Okay, was she the cruise director? Or she no, was that young, it was Julie, the cruise. Young. Yeah, Julie was the cruise director. Yeah. And I kept thinking Nikki, but it's Vicky, is it? Vicky, yeah. So it says and here on Wikipedia. What was she? Vicky she or Nikki from like, Wikipedia? What? Yeah. She, what was she? What was her role in it? She was just like um, the daughter. The, the, yeah, the mother. I don't know what happened to the mother, but it was like that was his job, and she wasn't she. Off. Wasn't she kidnapped by pirates? And that was the underlying theme of the thing that Captain Steubing would sail the seas looking for his wife. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it, it is. I can't it believe is. you both took that seriously. No, I just sort of went, oh, I don't know if I'm going to answer or if Stacey's going to answer. No, we never really, I don't think we ever got into the reason of why the daughter was there or why she didn't go to school because she was only relatively young. Yeah, she was only a teenager. Yeah, and I remember her life. being in a lot of episodes and she was I, I just kind of there to say that she was his daughter. Like she didn't have a real pivotal role in the whole thing. You know, it wasn't... Uh, do you, think they, do you think they had to prop up Captain Steubing's masculinity? Maybe that could have been a part of it, yeah. Or yeah, I remember that, that, well, and I remember that she did have some scenes where there would be guests on the boat and she would, you know, there'd be kids her age or boys her age and they would create a little bit of drama around that. But, but I, yeah, because I remember in the credits, she was in the, the credits at the beginning of the show and, yeah, I don't know why she didn't really have a huge role. But she was just there. They must have had some extra money in the budget. <laughs> probably there make, was a quarter, use it this a series or you wouldn't get it back. To probably pull up the heartstrings of people going, oh, isn't he a great father? You know, he's still out there working on his boat, you know. Never actually saw him steer in the boat, though. I never saw him anywhere. He's just had the at the captain's table, and or, or have, greeting every individual person yeah, as they hopped I on board. Never been to a captain's table uh, for anything, really. So, are you a cruise person, Stacey? Uh, no, no, never. I have travelled like all over the world, but not once did I ever have a desire to go on a cruise ship. I don't like the idea of being on a boat and then you have to, you know, okay, you're at this port and you only have this amount of time and you got to rush mm. back to the boat. And I, when I'm on vacation somewhere warm in particular, I yep. want to just do what I want to do. Yep. And not only that, but the whole, every time I see stories in the news, it's, you know, a hundred people on a cruise ship got food poisoning from the buffet or, you know, so no, no cruises for me. I don't know about you guys, but not for me. 
No, I'm not. I know we've been on a few because uh, his wife does tend to like them. It doesn't really appeal to me, especially in this day and age. Um, I, I always remember I don't like being on boats. I don't like being able to walk away from something when I want to leave. And um, I also remember one of the first movies that sticks in my mind was The Poseidon Adventure, and I don't ever want to be uh, part of that. <laughs> and Titanic, mate? Uh, Titanic, oh, Titanic, you just had to go and see. That was a romantic thing. But, um, no, the Poseidon Adventure, I remember where the boat was upside down, it was slowly sinking and they all had to get to the little, for some reason there was a hatch in the bottom of the of the boat. But, yeah, no, that was like that was that and the Towering Inferno were the two movie disaster mm. movies when I was a kid and I thought, no, nah, boat's not for me. <laughs> Look, I, no I, airport I, movies? Sorry, continue. I was going to say the airport movies, they came to mind when you're talking about disasters, the airport 77, airport yeah. 79. And they, they, were actually, they were called <laughs> Flying High in Australia and they're still some of my favourite films of all time, them and the Naked Guns. Yes. Right, yes. <laughs> no, unfortunately, uh, my wife does like going on the cruises and I tend to let her go with her friends. It gives me a holiday and a break, which is okay when she goes away. But in saying that, um, yeah, I've been on a couple... I. I don't really like it. I just, you know, happy wife, happy life sort of thing. You just have to do it sometimes, you know. So anyway, yeah, fair next, enough. It's just not show. for me. It's for next it's show. not for everybody. <laughs> well, next show probably relates to you, and I'm sure you'll be able to fit in with it. And that was Fantasy Island. Uh, now, Fan- Fantasy Island's another one, and I see that they've made a, uh, a redone a movie of it. I think it's out this year, um, which I don't hold high hopes for. Um, I think it's a horror. Actually, I was going to say it's a horror. horror. Oh, is it really? Not like um, like yeah, they did with the banana splits. That was a travesty. But anyway, um, okay, so it's going to be a horror movie. But, uh, yeah, uh, Fantasy Island ran for about seven years and there was always the, a couple of um, couple of catchphrases in there which, um, we I know you can do well, you can act it because you're about the same height as uh, the little bloke. Do you remember what his name was? Uh, wasn't it Tonto or...? Uh... No. Do you remember, Tattoo. Stacey? Tattoo. That's Tattoo. right. Tattoo. Yes. Tattoo. And the plane, the plane. Yeah, running down with his little hand pointing up to other people's knees. Can I just say that your version of doing that as the plane, the plane, when people are listening to this at 1.5 speed because it gets it over and done with quicker, um, will sound tremendous. It'll sound like a little mouse, won't it? <laughs> it will. It'll sound good. Well, and it, there was actually a lot of drama behind the scenes of Fantasy Island. I recently watched a show on tattoos life the actor Hervé mm. Belichez and wow there was some really crazy stuff going on behind the scenes and he was actually uh, according to the this uh, biopic created a lot of the drama himself because he had gotten so um so much publicity that he felt he needed more money and then he wouldn't show up on the set to do his scenes and so if anybody's interested and really liked Fantasy Island they should watch I believe it's called My Dinner with Hervé and it's about the last reporter to interview him before he took his own life. And it's really, oh. really interesting to watch. There you go. I didn't expect that took a dark turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah but- it did. He, he had a lot of issues, though. Right, yeah. And it looks here that he was uh, he died when he was 50 as well. Um, born in occupied France. There you go, in 1943. Wikipedia. No plugs. <laughs> yeah. But, yes, anyway... Um, yeah, look, I, I remember it was pretty much like the love boat, but on an island, wasn't it? I don't think it was that much different. 
Yeah, it was magical though. There was magical stuff that happened on the island. Everyone who went there had an issue. So you'd always get, you know, the person who was grumpy, the couple that were hated each other and this was their last trip before they were going to split up and go each way or, you know, somebody, you know, there was always some form of magic or it just seemed to be some uh, illusion or something. There was always something magical about it. And, um, yeah, I think that's why now they've got the, the new one, which is a horror. And I, I saw the shorts to that too and I'm going, yeah, that's not what I remember, but it's probably as good. It's There's magic, um, you know, there's a head, there's no longer a head, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, I, I, um, I particularly remember one episode where this person kept throwing their voice and it worked out that it was tattoo that was sort of in, you know, they were looking and it just for some reason that sticks in my head, that episode of where this person keeps throwing their voice and it was in a, in a, um, in a box and then it was over there, but it ended up being tattoo. So how all of these things happened, it was, it was like they were sort of psychics. It was a special sort of little island. So. Well, and the, if you recall, uh, Ricardo Montalban was the um, the fellow yeah. that I can't remember his character's name, but he was the guy that greeted everybody, and it was you know kind of his show. But you, you remember that every time they got off the plane, that they would get the um, flowers you know given to them, and then they would all go on their separate character trains, and then like you said, we it would be one was there because you know they had a broken heart, or another one was actually physically sick, and then you're right, magical things would happen, and then it usually had a you know a happy ending. Everybody found love or whatever they were looking for, and then you know on to the next episode, right? Hmm. Fair enough. Magical unicorn or something. I, I don't know what it was. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, look, it's another one that you don't often see turn up, but it had those iconic catchphrases, especially with tattoo. Um, but yeah, you don't uh, you don't see it turn up very often. So I'd be interested to see what this new version is going to be like. I don't know that it's going to. From what I've heard, uh, I, I really think it was made not having any consideration of the actual uh, first show. So, Does it have I mean, similar I, characters? Would it have a tattoo-type character or is that a bit too on VC now as well? Yeah, I don't think it does. I, I think uh, from what I've heard, it's just, you know, they're going their own way, just kind of using the name and a little bit of the premise, but it, it's actually, you know, just kind of a B-horror movie. Now, I could be wrong. I guess it depends on if people really like those kind of movies. But, yeah, I heard that it's it's not... Not great. That's it. Yeah. The um the character I think is Rourke, from what I can see here. As you guys are talking, I've been doing some research. Uh, funny yeah. that. Yeah, I can read. Yes, Mr. Mr. Rourke. Yes. And it's saying that years after the series was off the air, in an interview with the Academy of Television Arts and Science, uh, the Mont Montal, Montalbian Montalban fam, uh, finally revealed that this motivation was imagining Rourke was a fallen angel whose uh, uh, sin was pride and the, that fantasy purgatory, island was, was purgatory. No, right. like so this is, this is where, so yeah, it's the early version of Lost. But so to me, where this is now becoming a horror, you can see where they've gone well, we're going to take it for what it is and you're in purgatory now. So you're either going to go down or you're going to go up or sideways. I, I don't know if you, if you believe in that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's interesting spin on what it was actually, um, actually right. the show was. Anyway. 
Well, we're starting to run a little bit long here, especially for us at the moment. Stacey, there's one more short one I want you to tell us about because you brought this up when we were talking about it and we and I weren't familiar with it, but it was a show that ran for five years, had 115 episodes and had an incredible list of um, guest characters, which is just phenomenal. And if you get the opportunity and you're interested, have a look at it on on uh, Wikipedia just to see all the different people there um, who did turn up and it actually lists the shows that they're in. But this was a show called Hotel. Now, what can you tell us about Hotel? Well, I really personally enjoyed it, as you said, for the guest characters, but just the premise too. You know, it's about this family that it's a very posh hotel and people come in and, and there's different reasons for them traveling. And then, of course, the characters will meet and intertwine and then the plot's taken from there. But a lot of the whole premise of the actual show was getting the big names on there. And then, um, you know, they'd be there for one episode and then gone. But just uh, it kind of centered around the drama of the staff at the hotel and um, having, you know, them go about their their business and interact with these people. Uh, So they were, you know, the staff was still kind of the main characters. But, yeah, you always personally, I would watch every week just to see who was going to be on. And and I was pleasantly surprised a lot of times, too. Like they did get a lot of big names uh, on, on the show. So. But you yeah. said you didn't get it in Australia. Not that I recall. No, I don't know I whether recall. whether there's listeners out there. And if you uh, if you're in Australia, or well, if you're anywhere, you can get in touch. But if you're in Australia and remember this, uh, once was cool podcast at gmail.com, Send us an email. Let us know, or hit us up on Facebook at once when I was cool. Um, yeah, but it looks like it was a fairly successful TV show because it went on for a long time. But I just don't remember the. Um, I just don't remember this one at all. No, I, I look. I don't I think it was Connie Selica, if I recall. I'm not sure yes. if you guys yeah, know. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and then yeah. I want to say there there was a fellow. Was was it James Brolin that was in it? Uh, he was a guest, I think. Jay, wasn't no, no, it? James Brolin was the main guy with the beard. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh yeah, it was, it was, yeah there he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it was, it was in Canada. It was a very popular show, and you know, again, just because you get a lot of really good guest stars, and and they always, you know, some of it, it was mainly a drama, but they did have some comedic moments to it as well. I think they kind of played to whomever the guest was. So cool. yeah, yeah, I really quite quite enjoyed it. Yeah, well, on that note, uh, like I said, we're running long. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, sorry, Wee's got one more thing to say. I, I just um, again research because I don't know much about this, but it looks like um, Aaron Spelling tried to do a rerun of it. He did a pilot. 20 years after it as well. It seems to be a little bit of a thing is what he does. If he's got that really good mix in the 80s and 90s, he tries and do, does the the remake of it. So they they did a pilot, I think, when I was just looked at this and there's about three or four lines on it because it was not very, very well um, received. It, Received in 2003, Aaron Spelling tried to make a remake of the show 20 years after the original premiere. Mm. Pilot who starred Michael Jai White and Christina Vidal. Um, um, didn't do well. Didn't do well, basically. Okay. So, <laughs> on that note, we've still got quite a few shows we want to get through, so we might make this a two-part episode. Stacey, are you happy to come and join us again next week? Yeah, you bet. There's uh, some really good spelling shows we have to get to yet, so let's yeah, do it. Yeah, well, we haven't even gotten to the real popular ones yet. So if you guys are happy with that, we, Stacey, thanks very much. Simon, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you want to contact us, oncewascoolpodcast at gmail.com. Find all our old shows at uh, our website, oncewascool.com. Um, otherwise, we will talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank thanks, Stacey. See you, Dave.